Hello and welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending January 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Laura Bartowick, and joining us today is investment strategist Alex Kuzli. Alex, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me, Laura. So today, Alex, I was thinking we could cover three topics as per usual. First being U.S. economic indicators, second being the kickoff in the earnings season, and third, hopping over to China. If that all works for you, let's go ahead and start with U.S. economic indicators for this week and what investors should be paying attention to. Sure, Laura. So there's two that we think are most important for the week. So the first is we got the CPI print for the month of December, uh, which saw headline and core uh, measures come in pretty close to where consensus economists had expected. So we continue to see that down, you know, deceleration uh, in inflation. We saw the, the most important part right now is really the core services and shelter. Shelter ticked a little bit higher, but we know that where that's moving. We know that new rents are falling pretty quickly. And so that's going to, you know, fade through through the rest of the year. On the more wage sensitive areas, they had a really hot November, if you recall, back a month Um that showed a bit more moderation. It's still too high. It's about 4% year on year, which is pretty far away from that 2% Fed goal. But it is kind of, you know, um, slowing a bit as well, which is encouraging. And so all of that combined, we think that the Fed is still probably going to hike at 25 basis points in their meeting in February. So that we're not away from uh, a Fed, another rate hike yet, but it's encouraging to see more inflation slow down. We also got the Atlanta Fed wage tracker. So this is the best measure of underlying wage pressure in the US economy. And, and similar to the inflation story, we saw another deceleration. So it was 6.1% year on year. That was 6.5% just last month. So, you know, again, too hot for the Fed, still you know well above what they would like to see for wage growth. But it is, again, encouraging that that wage pressure is starting to come off a little bit. And also this week, we saw earnings season kick off. Can you talk a little bit about uh, some early takeaways? Yeah, so the earnings season will be kicking off with the banks uh, Friday before market open. I think what we're seeing, though, in terms of where analyst expectations have moved is that we're seeing a further slowdown in in earnings. Um, The index is expected to fall by about 1% in terms of earnings growth. And it would be worse if you stripped out energy. Energy growth is still quite um, strong. Um, for Q4, it's about 60% year on year. So that's really holding up that number from being more negative. And then I, I think the, the focus is really going to shift to 2023 and really about how margins are holding up because, you know, we know that the economy is slowing. We think that we're, you know, there's a very, uh, you know, 55% likelihood that we are going to see a US recession this year. So earnings growth is going to slow. We've seen the analyst expectations come down from about 7% in September to about 3.5% or just under already. Three and a half percent is a pretty big decline from seven, but it's still too high for an, for a year where recession is expected. And so, you know, we're really looking for that margin story and how sustainable margins are going to be through 2023 to see what happens to those analyst expectations. Speaking of expectations for 2023, let's hop over to China. What What is your outlook for 2023? And if you could weave in uh, a discussion about their credit numbers, that'd be very helpful as well. Sure. So, I mean, to start with, China is in the process of reopening. No one really knows how many COVID cases there are, but it's certainly, you know, from anecdotes and from the best estimates, it's rife right now. There's a big spread. We have Lunar New Year coming up, which is going to see a lot of travel. So, that you know, another wave of COVID infections is going to happen. But I think as you look ahead of 
to the rest of the year once they get through this COVID infection wave. You know, things are looking pretty decent in China. There are some pretty big question marks still around property. So the developers have been eased and, and you know, the, the government is stepping back on developers. What we really want to see this year for a, a solid, a really strong growth year is that the property prices and the property market itself starts to stabilize and perhaps even recover. And, you know, I think for the top tier cities, so tier one and two, tier two, there is the potential for that. And that could lead to a pretty big wave of consumer spending because there's a huge amount of excess savings amongst the wealthy in China. We also got the credit numbers for December, as you mentioned, and it's hard to read too much into them because we still had lockdowns going through and the early signs of infection. So if you think about mortgage demand, it was really soft, but kind of would be because no one was really going to inspect properties. The other thing that we saw because essentially because interest rates rose uh, or government bond yields rose in China is that a lot of the wealth management products basically had big redemptions and so corporate bond issuance was lower. So on the aggregate, bit worse than expected, but really driven by kind of esoteric factors rather than wholesale uh, softness in credit demand. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Alex, for taking the time and thank you all for joining as well. We hope to see you next time and hope you have a great week in the meantime.